Welcome to track number three of 100 Million Souls. You may be seated. All right. Is everybody here or still coming? Hello? I can't hear. There's nothing up here. All right. Glory be to God. You guys are doing a great job. Now, this morning I want us to press on and turn to Isaiah chapter 7. I want to show you two effects of prosperity. One of these, and I'm believing God that this is going to be the effect. Amen. Most people are affected negatively by being blessed. Alright? Are you there? Most people are affected negatively by being blessed. They are affected negatively by coming to America, if you call that a blessing. They are affected negatively by becoming lawyers or doctors or having good jobs. And they are affected negatively by being blessed to have a beloved or, a, or being married. It's true. Now, you know, when I preach, people laugh and shout and so on. But you see, I'm not joking about what I'm saying. I'm really serious. Think about it. Sometimes it sounds so fantastic. But most people are affected negatively by having money. How many people who have money come to church? It's like as soon as you have a bit of money, you cannot come to church. Is it not true? Yeah. Many people who come to America, maybe some would have become this for the Lord, would have done that, would have been this. They change. And people who are married, the most resistant and uh, sometimes ill-natured Ladies are often married women who have been married for some time. Yeah. Defiant and, and obstinate. Yeah. And the most flowing are those pre-marriage. Pre-before marriage. They are so looking, flowing and believing in everything and you know, it's like they are like angels. Yeah. And not just even to their husband, but even in the church. Even in the church, the flowing people ready to do things in a certain way. So, I'm saying that, that most people are affected negatively by having what we are calling blessing. So, oh, she is blessed. Oh. That as well, so I decided to marry her. Oh. She is blessed. Oh. She's had a baby. She is blessed. Oh. We might as well turn it to she's cursed too. <laughs> but Jesus, right, has a the, the effect that they got the prosperity was to have on the Lord 
Jesus was different. Alright? Now notice Isaiah. Are you with me in chapter number 7? And then we're going to read verse number 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Amen. What is the sign? Behold, a virgin shall conceive, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Amen. Wow. Is this Jesus? We, we always talk about Jesus. This is the best. You see? And the reason I was explaining to you that in Isaiah, all these prophets, don't think about things making sense. You just see, it's like, just that part makes some sense. The next verse doesn't make sense in terms of what has been said before. So if, because of that, we don't read these books. Do you understand? Yeah. For instance, the verse before says, is it a small thing that you worry men? Will you worry my God also? How does that go to do with a virgin shall conceive and bear a son? Is it not? You understand what I'm saying? And, and then, it, it, after that, it changes. Anyway, then it says, butter and honey shall he eat. Wow. That he may know how to refuse the evil and the good. Wow. Now, this is a very wonderful scripture. Amen. This, I don't know if those of you who come from Ghana... When the, a baby is born and they are outdooring the child, okay, this is the scripture that is used. And so when they have a baby on the seventh day or tenth day, whatever they bring the baby, they bring some butter and some honey, isn't it? And they put it on the baby's child's mouth and they say, when you, what, when you taste honey, it is honey. When you taste butter, it is butter. Wow. I don't know what that, is, what that means. But this is what was said and it was said about Jesus that he will eat butter and honey. Now, this is another effect of prosperity. And this is the good effect of prosperity. Because butter speaks of the riches of the milk that you can that you get out of milk. Okay? And honey, you know, is symbolic of the sweet and the good, the best of the sweet. So the best of the sweet and the best of the rich. You get it? will be eaten by our Savior. Why? So that he will know to refuse evil and to choose the good. 
So, prosperity does not only have a negative effect. Amen? Amen. Are you there? Prosperity does not only have a negative effect. Right, thank you. It does not only have a negative effect. It can have a very positive effect on a person. Yeah. It can have a very, very positive effect on a person. Through the prosperity of the person. And the person's taste buds already having been taken to the extreme to taste the milk and the butter and the honey when something bad is being given to the person do you get it? He does not yield to it or is not even interested in it because he knows already the extreme. There is nothing more that you can give me. For many of us who were not living in America before, if you were living here, fine. But really, what else is there? There is no richer nation. I mean, you, you, you have a lot of crises, a lot of problems financially and so on. But relative to the rest of the world, you don't have a care, a thought. You don't have any problem at all. Yeah. Amen. Are you there or you're going home? All right. Glory be to God. Go back to Isaiah. And let's go back to chapter number 2. Sorry, chapter 1. Verse 23. It says, Your princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Everyone loveth gifts and followeth after rewards. This is a bad condition that you have when you have a prince or a leader when he is a companion of thieves which is what you have in a lot of politicians today their companions are thieves are you listening and everyone loves gifts they want gifts okay Everyone wants you to present a gift. Nothing is done because it is good for the country. It's never done because it is good. Anybody who is coming to Ghana to do business or to do some kind of contract, remember these principles. (laughs) Nothing is done because it is good for the country. Because everyone followeth after rewards. People are doing things because there will be a reward. Yeah. All right. They judge not the fatherless, for the fatherless have no reward. Neither do they have a gift. Fatherless people have no gifts to give. Widows, they don't, they don't do the cause of the widow. The widow rather needs help. 
not you, you be, we will be giving you money. So people who are down and under are always forgotten by this type of leader. And when it comes to the church, pastors and Christian spiritual leaders who are like this, okay, equally are companions of thieves. Like, you may go and at the high table will be a thief sitting there and he is on it. Not even pastors are on it. But thieves are there because they are rich. And every pastor is following after a reward. It's true. So in Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 16, if you can put it on the screen, you see an interesting verse there, Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 16. It says, Woe to thee, O land, or O church, when your king is a child and your princes eat in the morning, okay, but blessed art thou, O land, when your king is the son of nobles. That is the son of a rich man. He's already rich. That's what I'm saying, that there are two effects of riches and prosperity. And I'm trying to teach you today so that the positive effect of prosperity is what will be your story. Amen. Amen. And he says, your king or your leader is already a son of a rich man. And he eats in due season. That is, he eats at the right time or when it's appropriate. And why does he eat? Why does he eat? He eats. So you may see him say, he's having a good time. Look at he's eating a lot of food. But no, there will be a good reason why he's eating. Very good reason. If there's no good reason, he will not eat. And he's eating for strength and not for excesses and pleasure. Wow. Are you with me? So this is supposed to be a blessing to be born into riches. It's supposed to be a blessing. But unfortunately, when people taste milk and honey... A spirit of greed comes over them and they feel that I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more. More and more and more and more until you can't, it doesn't even make sense anymore, the things that you have. I remember one time I had a friend who was working for a billionaire. Millionaire. Actually, he worked for the millionaire until the millionaire became a billionaire. Yeah. And when I first knew him, the millionaire had about 600 or 700 million. And every time, you know, I was chatting with him, he used to tell me how much money they made today, how much money has come. Until I remember, he told me that they got into 900 and something million and that the, his boss was really trying to hit 1 billion. Yeah. And until he hit 1 billion, then one day he came and said, we came down a bit. We, are, we come falling out of the uh, 1 billion and we are 900 and something. Million. And so you ask yourself, 
What is the reason for the money? You know? Yeah. That it doesn't make sense anymore. And as you go on, you find out that the senselessness of everything that we are doing is, is, is apparent. So you find out that there are people who have a lot of money and will never release their money till they die. Yeah. They have it. And it's like to look at it is all. But actually, they are Satan's tools. They are Satan's tools to keep money in rivers and channels. It will never be used. Yeah. I was talking to a rich Christian. I was telling this person, I said, look, you are blessed. God has made you rich. Don't be deceived. You are falling into the same story of all rich people. Yeah. Because all rich people have the same, most have the same story. One more, a little more, a little more. It doesn't make sense anymore. Just get more, more, more of everything and just keep a look, a look at it. And so I'm keeping it for, for something. I'm going to use it in case this, in case this, I'll use this, in case this, in case this, in case this. So I have learned, you see, because I'm also not poor and I didn't come from a poor home. You see, I have learned that even to prosper, there is a way to prosper. If you prosper and you don't let God guide you, it becomes bizarre and beastly and it becomes stupidity to have all that you have. Amen. Amen. Alright? So, notice very carefully that God wants us early in the morning, amen, amen. not just to eat because there's something to eat, but He wants us to eat for strength. Now, go back to the scripture that I gave you in Isaiah. I gave you in Isaiah. Butter and honey shall he eat. Wow, what a blessing. God was going to give you America. The effect America should have had on you was to send you right back to Gambia. Say, I'm going back to Gambia. There's nothing here. There are souls in Gambia. I'm going back to Gambia. But the effect that it had was to secure you here forever. You see, when I was a child, I used to travel in even first class. Sometimes there was nobody else in the first class except me and the Chief Justice. <laughs> yeah. As a child, with my father. And I would not be, a, well, I remember once I was not, a, I was alone because he, he, was, he went with me and then he, I came without him. So I was back in the first class. And there only, were only two, myself and the Chief Justice of Ghana. As a child. Yeah. I've eaten butter and honey. I am, I am the son of a rich man. Yeah. And the son of a rich woman. I was surprised when I came here and I was told that I, I didn't come here last year. I didn't step here last year. Yeah. Because why why did I why would I, why did I not come here? Where was I? I? I was I was doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this. 
Even if I need to raise money, do you see? I don't even, it's even one of the, the parts, you know, every job, you know, like every subject. Maybe you do biology, there's eye, ear, elementary canal, but there's also nervous system or something. And you say you don't like that part. <laughs> In ministry too, we have different aspects. Do you understand? Nervous system, eye, ear, this. And the part that I don't like is the part for raising money. And talking about money. This I also have a part that I, I don't... I mean, if you ask me what I... I don't mind doing it. I'm happy. And he's the Lord once. I'm excited. Actually, I like it. Okay, I like it. <laughs> Amen. But I'm saying that. It's not just I have to go to America. I have to go here, I have to do it. No, 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 at all. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to explain to you. Go to the other verse I gave you in Isaiah. The princess, everyone follows uh, rewards. Isaiah 1, verse 23. It says, your princes are rebellious and companions of thieves. Wow. And everyone loves gifts. See, as I'm here with you, I, I'm not even thinking about gifts. Yeah, and so by, and by God said, I don't even need a gift. Amen. But you see, when you are a pastor or a leader and you are following after, you see, the real reason why you are there, you cannot do it. Even you cannot even say the things you have to say. You can't even preach. Is it not amazing? Is it true or is it not true? And then they do not judge the fatherless. It's like people who don't have. Out of my mind. And I'm here to tell you. God has given you butter and honey. At least relative to 99.9% of the whole wide world. You see, I met a certain rich person. The person was saying. I mean, so many things. We have to, I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing and there is a story, just like when you meet Europeans, they have a certain set of things that they say why they don't believe in God. And rich people have a certain list that they will say. I can even write it for you before you speak. Oh, I'm paying this, I'm sorting this out. I remember one gentleman who, had, who said he was, he told me, I'm paying my loan of $23 million, but I'll finish by September. And when I finish paying $23 million, you will see something. And the $23 million time came and passed. Yes, I passed. We are still extracting. Yeah. So, rich people have a second pattern of not doing certain things. And I'm saying this because you are here. Rich people say they are not rich. Rich people say they have to pay this. It's the standard song of rich people. And I'm telling you, everybody in Gambia would like to be you. Pastor John, oh, you don't think so? I've been to your country. Everybody in Cambia would like to be here. Based on what I saw there. 
That if I come to you today, you will say you are not rich. And that you are sorting out one or two things. Is it not true? Or would you like to take your paper and write down what everybody will say before we ask them? So that we, we know what they will say. We know what everybody is going to say. Everybody is going to say particular things. Yeah. Oh, Pastor Gilly, what do you think? Is it not true? I mean, if we can just get a sheet and write what people will say when we say, you, God has blessed you and given you wickedness. Oh, yes. But I need some time <laughs> to pay, to sort, to do, to finish, to clear, to take care of, to sort out, to plan. Hey! Lord, have mercy. So I can give you your sheet to write your song. So God has been telling me, tell the people, tell the people that they are blessed. Tell the people that I've given you milk and honey. Don't say, I am not. Say it now. Don't say it later. Don't tell me that I should talk about it later, but you are clearing things. How many years will you be clearing things? Hey! Do you remember when you were at Nungwa? You had not even a car. And I used to drop you at your house before the night. Hey! And you are still clearing things here in America.
and I used it. I used the, my car. I used my system. I used my money. I used everything. I poured it out. And the Lord was telling me, in the same way, and at this stage of your life, what you have, bring it out and use it. Deploy it. Use it for God and His church. Just as you did when you were a very young person, 25 years old. And don't bring a list. Also, Mr. Bishop Man, don't bring any list. I'm clearing this. I'm killing this. And you have nothing to kill. Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you what God told me. I'm telling you what God told me. And I pray God will give me that grace. That when I die, there will be even no need of a will. Or even there's no account. There's nothing to follow. Yeah, there's nothing. If I have, I'll have shared it already. Share. I'll just read my fingers. When I enter the ground, there's no project. Because some people, when they die, there's a big project that has come after. Hey! So many things. <laughs> wow. Butter and honey is good, though. It can have a good effect. It can have a good effect. Yeah. I have not, I have not, I have not needed to come here to Switzerland, to England. No, 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 no. And you should be happy. Otherwise, you'll be surprised how the church will be. When you see us, you know that yes, we are here. We are here. That's true. You know that we are here to, to collect something. Hey. Is it a good mo- a message for this morning? Okay. morning message. Tell your neighbor, it seems you have had a good message this morning.
interesting? Are you surprised that it's interesting? <laughs> All right. Verse chapter 8. Now, Isaiah here has a warning. Amen. In verse 4, before the child has knowledge to cry, my father and my mother. (laughs) The riches of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria shall be taken away before the king of Assyria. Now he's using the child to give a timeline for certain things. Isn't it? Everybody say timeline. How many know that we are on a timeline? Wow. How many have watched this film in time? In time. 
Oh, it is a Makane film you must watch in time. It's one of the Makane films. Are you, are you going to get it, get it, write it down? It's called In Time. Make sure you watch it. In that film, okay, the currency is time. The currency is time. You don't, you don't work for money. You work for time. So when you go to work, you may get two months salary. Two months. And they put it on your hands. And everybody is born with 25 years to live. And at the end of 25, you see that it's one year, six months, time is going. As soon as it comes to zero, 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 then you die. Unless somebody gives you some time. And somebody can give you some time. And the richest people have a lot of time. You can have a century. Yeah. <laughs> and as the areas are changing, the nice posh areas, they all have, some have centuries. And they keep it in the bank. They keep this thing with time on it. And so it can give you time, 20 years, whatever. So, yeah. If you are not rich, you're, 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 you're in, in time, you, you are finished. You are done for. Now listen. He said that, see this child is a sign. One of the things that Christians don't recognize today is as signs. When things are happening, it's an indication of time. Right? It's an indication of something that so as soon as the child is born, okay, he's going to walk and he's going to say, Mommy and Daddy. And how many months does that give you? Pediatricians, how long is it going to be? Twelve months to say, My father. What is it? To cry, My father. Not Dada and Mama, my father. My father. Two years. Two years. My father will beat your father. My mother is coming. How many years? The pediatricians are telling me we need 12 months to say Dada and Mama. But we need two years. 24 months to say my father and my mother. And my father will beat your mother. That's four years. You need four years for that. (laughs) So, brothers and sisters, what am I trying to say? God is showing us through this wonderful scripture that He is always giving us some countdown. And that is what this camp is also revealing. Amen. It's a countdown that has begun. I'll come to the countdown. I'm coming back to remind me about the countdown. We'll come to this verse. But the next verse is also just a little warning. And the verse after, verse 6, is said, For as much as these people refuse the waters of Shiloh that go softly, eh? I've given them. Cool messages. 
They refused the waters of Shiloh that go softly and rejoice in resin and remalia sun. Carry on. Now therefore the Lord brings them upon them the waters of the river strong and many, even the king of Assyria and all his glory. And he shall come up over all his channels and go over all his banks. You see, God is saying that when you refuse the waters that are going softly, amen, then it's going to bring you a strong river. Now that's how our, all our lives are. There's a nice soft river. We don't like preaching. We like sickness. We don't like preaching. We like death. We don't like weddings. We like funerals. So since they have refused the waters that are soft, softly moving waters, I will give them the waters of the river, strong river waters. And many, even the king of Assyria, I will send him to come and discipline my people. Wow. Is this scary? Will you respond to the word of God or you want the strong rivers of Assyria? Or you like the soft waters of Shiloh? Ask your neighbor, which of type of waters are you interested in experiencing? <laughs> hey! Amen. Now, I just want to um, end that little point here and move into... Is our DVD ready this time? Can it play? All right. Glory to God. So now, I was telling you, my dear friends, Christian friends, that God willing, God has given me the vision to, to not... To, to win 100 million souls. To try to go to heaven with 100 million extra souls. Um, you see, I'm trying to go with 100 million souls. Alright? And it is important that we all have this vision as a church. Because there's no better vision for a church than to have a, min, a mind to do the will of God. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. So the first key, and I'm going to just give you seven keys and we are done with our meeting. The first key, okay, takes us back to the verse, the first key to winning a hundred million souls. Amen is to recognize a timeline and the clock that is ticking very, very fast. Amen. So my, my dear video man, can you go back to verse uh, 4? Before the child will say, before the child has knowledge to cry, my father and my father. That is it. This is the need for us today, spiritually, to recognize time.
times have been set. Amen. Now, I am in my 40s. And if the Lord grants me grace, I will be 50 soon. Now, for me to be 50 years old, it means something like what is in this verse. Because it means that in a certain sense, there is a phase of ministry which is ending. Because if you read Numbers chapter 8, let's read Numbers chapter 8, the last verse. Last verse. Or the last but one. Numbers 8. Who is the man on the screen there? You should be fast. I have a guy at the Kodesh who is like lightning. Before, before this, 24, 25. Quick, 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 quick. Okay. Yeah. Notice verse 24. This is it that belongeth unto the Levite. From 25 years old and upwards. I became a pastor when I was 25 years old. Yeah. They shall go in and wait upon the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Amen. Now I'm talking about myself because I'm your, I'm your leader. I'm your pastor. So what happens to me affects you. You may not know how it affects you, but it affects you in a very real way. Do you understand? Yeah. It affects you. And then from the age of 50, <laughs> they shall cease waiting upon the service thereof and shall serve no more. Yeah. Yeah. And they shall serve no more. But shall minister. You see, they will still minister. You see, when you are over 50, you still minister. No, and, and again, you see, this is not always um, exactly like that because this is the Old Testament and the law. But the law gives you a picture of God's mind. And it gives us a great understanding of the will of the Father. Because the picture to the church, like when Paul said, that the, shall the ox, do not muzzle the ox that threaded out the corn, and as a man go to war at his own charges and so on. And all these things are in the law. He says, saith not the law, all these things. All these things that are written in the law are to give us the picture and the pattern of God's will. It's showing us what God wants. It's a person who serves God. You must serve God as a young person. Yeah. A young, it is young, young. You see, the best ages of, of your life are 25 to 50. That's the fertile thing. Even a woman, by the age of 50, your period is finished. You are out. I mean, that's it. You are done for. I mean, you can't, you can't have any more babies. <laughs> that's the time you can bring forth fruits. It's, it's only, it's, that, that's the best time. So it's not surprising that even for ministering, God chooses that same period, that same best period for ministry. He doesn't choose retirement. Have you thought about it? 
Yeah. Even that's the time that we have the most sexual feelings and the most physical temptations and more tensions and more issues. Marriage, I mean, financial stress, everything is this age. Like 50 people who have prospered are prospered. Yeah. People who have prospered, who have built houses and so on, by the age of 50, they have it. If they have it, they have it. <laughs> you don't have it. It's not likely that you have it. Wow. Are you listening to me? I'm preaching to you this morning. It's morning here. Today is Friday, isn't it? And I'm preaching. In, I'm in America. And I'm explaining to you a verse which is telling us that this is the best time for that even naturally speaking, for giving birth, for ministry, for everything. And you see, God has even said, they will, they, from the age of 25, go back, go back, go back, go back. From the age, oh, from the age of the 24. Brother, I will come and pour something on you at the back there. From 25 years old and upwards, they shall go in. And wait upon the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Wow. Doing the work of the Lord. You know, this is the call of a minister of the gospel. Yeah. And then the next one says that from the age of 50, they will cease waiting. So it shows you that from that age, there is a certain change. Even if we don't understand exactly what it means, but there's some kind of a change over or a change in something. Yes, that is coming. Because the next verse is about they shall minister still. They shall minister with their brethren in the tabernacle to keep charge and shall do no service. You see, if you use another version, it probably put it a little differently. But it's like there's going to be some ministry they can assist their brothers. That's what it says. Assist their brothers in their tasks. So, from that time, they become more like helping others to be also ministers or to help them to do the work of God. But there is a certain ending or changeover, or something. I cannot pretend that I know everything. I just, I just can see it also. You understand? And I can see it from being in the ministry since I've been, before I was even 25, I can see clearly that it's the best time for you to do it. Because at certain time, you don't have energy or the ability to do certain things. Even if you try, you see that you can, you fail. Do you understand? Are you there? Are you listening to me? Now, that very fact also reveals the timeline towards the end. Now, if I'm going to go to heaven, it means that if that happens to me, if that uh, age comes to me, it means from the timeline to heaven, just as a, by the time the child will say, my father. Or by, so there's another way you can also say, by the time this and this, the Bishop Evangelist died, he was not, will not be there anymore. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know when. Yeah. But at this time, you'll be just start counting. Yeah. That's, that, is, that is the whole point. Now, when I look at the effort we have made as a church, through church planting and so on, and I look at the effort that Satan is making, you realize that Satan is taking millions of people with him into hell. Hell has enlarged herself. So it is time for us to also modify what we are doing and do what we can do to go to heaven with a lot of people. At, at, at least, at least, if we can go to heaven with a lot of people extra. Hallelujah. And this is our vision. This is our aim. We want to enter into heaven with a hundred million souls at least. Maybe God will bless us so much that this vision will come to pass and we'll have another one. Yeah. Because I remember that I had a vision to have one million souls and it came to pass. And now it has become hundred million souls. Wow. Are you excited? Now, what are the ways by which we can have a hundred million souls? One is through church planting. There's nothing to write. Just listen to what I'm saying. Church planting. Evangelism. Pure evangelism. You see, because it's good to plant churches. But pure evangelism, where people give their life to Jesus Christ. And in fact, these days, honestly, I've been meeting a lot of people. Give me a chair. Somebody give me a chair. I've been meeting a lot of people who... I've been meeting a lot of people who've been saved at uh, crusades. Yeah. And so actually, the pe- people don't even say that they've been saved. Then one day, just somebody will come and tell you, you know, because I was preaching at, at Legon the other day, and I was preaching. You know, when I preach, I like to lift my hand like this. I say, look at my hand. Look at it. And I came to invite you. God, look at my hand. I came to invite you. Come. So when I finished preaching, a young man came to me. He said, Bishop, eight years ago, you see how you lifted your hand? That was, I said, I've never seen you before. I was not a Christian, and I was there. And you lifted that hand, just as you, just what you did this evening. You said, look at my hand. God sent me to invite you. I was standing there. Come! And I came forward. And today, he said, today I'm a pastor. He's a pastor now. Yeah. He said, I just wanted you to know. Wow. So I keep meeting people, you know, who have been giving their lives to Jesus Christ. And even when I was in Czech and Cape Coast, my, my crusade director was telling me, he said, look, when I was preaching in, in Kumasi, he said, look, he was going around and he was counting the people. But we always count to know the figures. Because we need to know the figures to know what we are doing. He said that the place was so quiet. As I was preaching that, he had to stop. Every, if he takes a step, he, he steps. <laughs> and the, there was tension. Quiet students. The students are very wild. Satan has turned them into prostitutes. We have so many prostitutes on campus. Young people. They're all prostitutes doing every bad thing you can think about. is done in Ghana today. So, it's true that we are planning churches, but church planting is one. Today, I'm sure our church attendance will be between 50 and 100,000 people, I mean, worldwide. 
But that is not that is not much. It's not it's not much because the whole church, probably about between I know it's over fifty thousand, but between fifty to fifty and hundred thousand people, when you add all the whole church, all our branches. Yeah. How much can that do? At least it's something. That's that's why we need more pastors and more churches. And even in America, you have how many states? 50. And you have churches in how many states? 24 states. And when we send people to move, like the way David moved from, um, yeah, you were living here, to Minnesota, a lot of people would not like to do that. Now, we, we still have to do that. Because every move that people have made have resulted in some people being saved and some churches being established. Hallelujah. How many people from Minnesota are here? Only one person. Wow. So, a lot of people would have even been here, but it's too far for them to come. Amen. But when you add all of us up, it's very small. Compared to the 7 billion, which is 7 million million. Huh? What do you think? So that's where other factors have to come in. Preaching, evangelistic messages, and pure evangelism for people to be saved who will not join Lighthouse. And then ministry to other churches through pastors, conferences, and books. Because a lot of people are also being changed and affected by the books more than even our own church. I keep meeting pastors. Aquelli, you, you sent me a text the other day, right? Come and tell me about that. Tell us. Give, uh, you got a text. Okay, she's finding a text. I keep meeting pastors. The other day I met a pastor from Swaziland. I said, who is this? I just see a young man. And I'm a pastor who's in Swan. I said, this man has a very big church. He has so many thousand members. He came to Iron Sharp and Iron Comfort with 22 of his pastors. Carried them to Ghana. He told me, the pastor told me, he said, look, I had two books of yours, or one book of yours, Mega Church and something, and Demons and How to Do Something. He said, for four years, I was just teaching this book. And now there's branches. Huh? And you found another one. Tell me. Read it out. It was one Sunday morning, and um, I received this email from a pastor in Australia. And um, here is the text message. He says, I was with a dear pastor in Fiji who has been greatly blessed by your ministry, but has only two books. Loyalty and that one on demons. 
He has, by the grace of God, led a church from his own family of six people to a church of 20,000 people in 10 years. I would love for him to meet Pastor Doug, if at all possible, as his books on loyalty and disloyalty has, in fact, been a, a very foundation to this great ministry. And after that email, he ordered all of your books and then all of your CDs on the internet. Wow. He purchased them. Amen. I keep meeting pastors like that. Tanzania pastor who had a, he has a huge ministry. And he says, no, it's through this book that I saw. Through this book, through this book, through this book, through this book. Tanzania, Kenya. I mean, there are pastors I have met myself. Some I have not met. <laughs> the pastor in Mozambique. All kinds of things. Thousands. So, he, one of the things that Healing Jesus Crusade does is that it exposes the ministry and the books and introduces the books. Because the main part of the crusade is, is the pastors. Sometimes that's why we gather the pastors and we work with the pastors. Amen. There is no way lighthouse alone, church planting, will take 100 million souls to heaven in my lifetime. And if the Lord blesses me and I'm 50 years old, then it means that, like they said, that before this and that, this will be gone. I'm sure before another 50 years, I'll be gone. A month, I'll be gone. I don't know how many years. Nobody knows. So, if pure evangelism, pure work towards pastors, and you see that in America, you know, many of us have not even sent books to other ministers. Because all these ministers have been really blessed through books. So, when we talk about healing Jesus crusade, it encompasses many things. It's, 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 it, is, it is evangelism, working with books, working with pastors, and that is it. Because Lighthouse is a small element of God's work in the world. But we can also die with a hundred million souls out of hell. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Is it exciting? Is it fantastic? Is it powerful? Are you glad to be a part of Healing Jesus campaign? Amen. Now, the Lord is impressing on my heart to try to cross through Africa. And if the Lord gives more time, we'll be crossing other places. Maybe even America, you never know. But that doesn't matter. What matters is from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And because of where we have come from, we have learned how to do things as cheaply as possible, if possible. But it's still expensive. But it is cheap. Benny Hinn was telling me when he saw the, some of the pictures of our crusade in the, in the thing, he was telling me, he said, oh, how much does it cost to do this crusade? He said, wow, I can't, I can't imagine the amount of money he would need to do all these all this crusades at these places. Yeah. They cannot. Because they don't know certain things that 
we benefit from by being from there. Are you with me? Yeah. So, you see, there is advantages and disadvantages of everything. The normal American, we cannot easily understand what to do in Africa. Yeah. And you see, there are fewer and fewer. Even Benihan has stopped having crusades. He just pastors conference and if you invite him. I don't know if he has crusades now, but it's not like what they used to do. And Bonke has retired. <laughs> Fully retired. And if you go to Africa, and I'm just talking about Africa because that's the next place. But I believe that we'll also have a lot of crusades in South America one day. Yeah, that's what I believe in God for. Same thing. We'll do it there by the grace of God. God will give us time. Amen. It's not over till it's over. Hallelujah. Amen. So I want us to have this collectively in our hearts. You know, and I was telling somebody, you see, the anointing in this ministry is also an anointing for wealth. Yeah. But it's an anointing for wealth without preaching about wealth. Yeah. Because, like I'll give you an example. I went into a branch church and I just raised, uh, yeah, 50,000 plus dollars. I never preach about wealth. I preach about something else from one of my books. Yeah. So, hey, but it raises money. You know? So I'm saying that God's word, we don't have to every day be talking about money. Money, 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 money. If we focus on working for the Lord, I believe that through the power of God, God will take care of all the things that we need. Amen. Yeah. And I've been trying to, to focus on working for the Lord, working for the Lord, working for the Lord, working for the Lord. And I believe that it's going to have a good effect on us. Amen. So let us watch this quick, short video that couldn't work yesterday. Hopefully it will work today. Light off and sound. And let's see. It's just a short two minutes something. Wait, can you pause please? Pause. Put up the light first, please. And, and start it again. Mr. Mr. Man on the video, can you start it again, please? Please, can you stop it and start it again when the lights go off? You need to turn off all the lights, please. You need to turn off the lights on the stage, please.
You need to turn off the lights at the back, please. <laughs> Can somebody intelligent be in charge of these things? Because it's, I'm not doing it for fun. I'm just saying, you're not doing your work well. You get it? Okay. Wow. You see, all these years, we have been doing this. Uh, only 8 million souls have been saved. <laughs> because we are counting the people. You cannot just write numbers. Yeah. And it's very expensive and very fantastic. So I believe that God wants us to do even more. Amen. And as, I'm, as, I, as I said, that if I'm 50 years old, I can say, wow, what even can you do? Your ministry is almost insignificant. That's how all our lives are. Is it not amazing? Is it not amazing? So, it is very, very important that we really see the needs to become evangelistic as well as being involved in the church. And also to lift up our eyes as Christians above our needs. Amen. No one, no one who is alive has no needs. Everybody has a need. And every rich person says he's sorting out something. And rich people are the worst people to get something from. From my experience. Yeah. Average people are the ones who even give more than anybody else. That's average people. Average person will make an extra sacrifice. And you see that they, they are able to help the work of the Lord. Amen. So, you can see that. Like I was trying to show you the vision. From many of these countries in uh, West Africa. All the pictures you see, those are the real pictures of the places. I'm sure you have not seen Dakar and some of those places. They are all the pictures of those places where we have the crusades. Amazing. And uh, you see that, you, you realize that even though we were there, you get it. You find out that it's nothing. We have done nothing. Can you not see that everything is nothing? Huh? Can you not feel it? Yeah. But we still have to do our best. Amen. And, and leave the rest to the Lord. But the reason why it, it feels like nothing is because few people are actually doing something. But if all of us were, then we would be able to do much more. What a difference it would make. Amen. So now if you see the vision, you see that like currently we are doing West Africa. I see somebody has put a West Africa. I mean, the countries are so big. Cote d'Ivoire, for instance, we haven't entered Cote d'Ivoire. There are so many huge cities in Cote d'Ivoire. It's one of the big populations. You know, there are a lot of places, the populations are not much. But we haven't been able to go so far. You know, but to go from Ghana, where our base is, here, this is it, 
to, to where we are now, where are we now? To Senegal, or to even Guinea-Bissau, which is where we were, up here at the corner. You cannot go here. This is a being the straightway. But there is no road between this country. You cannot cross the road. You come to a forest, or you come to a river, or you come to... Many countries have rivers as borders. There is no bridge, or there is no road. So you cannot, cannot go here. And worst of all, you cannot go from here, Liberia, to Sierra Leone, to Guinea, etc., so to go there, you have to go into where they are fighting in Bama, in Mali. Do you understand? Drive from here into this Burkina Faso and to Bamako, Mali, and to Dakar, and then come down like this with uh, about 45 trucks and buses. Yeah. This current journey that we're going on is 14,400 kilometers. The current, as they are on the convoy now, they are moving now. As I'm speaking, they are on, in the journey now. Amen. So it must be expensive. It is expensive. And you need all the things. Trust me, if you don't need it, it will not be. It will not be. There. When I entered in my room today, when I came to the service, when I go, they always try to make a bigger room and it always irritates me. I said, why? I don't need any. I will not even sleep in the room. I don't want extra things and expenses. So I called. When I came, I called. What, this, is it free? I told her, is it free? Put me in a normal room. Put me in a normal room. He said, oh, it's the same price as the other rooms. I said, then it's okay. Yeah, because I'm counting money. I'm counting money. To me, it's just an expense. <laughs> Did I not call you to ask you about the room? I don't know, what, are these, what are all these big rooms for? I don't know what, what am I doing in the big room. I was sleeping in a small corner of the bed and I'm out of the room. Are you with me? So I'm explaining to you, this is very, very expensive. So as when we finish our last crusade, which is in this country, there are two very unstable countries in West Africa, Guinea-Bissau and Mali. And the town that we passed one recently, a French, this man was uh, abducted, kidnapped. So we are now passing, we packed all our things in Guinea-Bissau and now we sent two buses full of drivers. We have drivers that we have to do drive our things. So we, these drivers, we employ them from Ghana. And we drove them in a bus from Ghana all the way through Mali to where the war is happening. And we came down to Guinea-Bissau. So they have arrived. And they are now taking all, all the cars which have been packed since last year when we ended the crusade. Pack all of them. Make sure everything is working. And we have engineers and whatever, fitters, we call it fitter in Ghana, people who repair cars. What do you call them here? Mechanics. Okay, we have mechanics. And uh, <laughs> in the, you have to, you, have, you need it. You need to. 45 trucks and cars, they get fought on the way all the time. There's always something. So there's always one or two that have been left behind and they are repairing and then they are catching up. They are not problematic. As soon as you give too much problem, no, we sell you. You will not, be, you will not stay with us again. Because when you add all the cost of keeping that car, it becomes too expensive. So from there, they are coming up because we have been able to get a road to enter Liberia now. 
So we are now coming into Liberia to start. So now they are on the way back through Mali, through Guinea, and through Syria. And whilst we were trying to find a road, our Nissan patrol, which we have, fell into a valley and it's totally destroyed. Yeah, we had a, an accident. And I don't know if those of you who did geography, you must have done some geography. You must have heard of the Putajalon Mountains. Yeah, they are very high and scary mountains. So that is where they were. And the Nissan patrol fell down into some whatever and it's totally, but by the grace of God, nobody was hurt. Yeah. So, and our, another of our cars, another of our cars also got spoiled in Guinea-Bissau. So they are all, we are leaving them and another bus. We have also, I said they should pack it there. They should leave it for the country. We cannot take We cannot move it again. Amen. So what I'm explaining to you, my friend, is that this is something, it's an effort. Now, as you are here, finding whatever reason for which you are here, you can make your presence here felt by stopping saying, I'm sorting out things. I'm doing this. I'm doing this for a change. Tell yourself, I'm also rich. Yeah, I'm also rich. I'm, I'm not bad compared to 99.9% of the whole world. Yeah. If you die right now, you see how money will be spent to bury you. Do you know that? Do you know that? Yeah. If, if I drop dead now, you will see many of you will find money to buy tickets. To come and say that we are going for Bishop's funeral. You find money. So we are going. Are you going for the funeral? You are, are you going? Yes, I'm going. We are all going. We are an American delegation. And you see that you found $2,000 to buy tickets. So that we are going for Bishop's funeral. Yeah. Yeah. Is it not true? I'm asking you, I'm asking you whether it's true or it's not true. Because preaching does not need to tell you that funeral is important. Because it's in your tradition and your culture. You, you do funerals as part of your culture. <laughs> so the word of God is coming to help you to learn other important things. If we hadn't had homecoming. Many of you would never have even traveled before. So as you've come here, you would have stayed until you hear of a funeral, then you come. So the church helps to break bad traditions and useless and vain cultures that are negative and useless. And it is not a funeral that must show you that you have money. A funeral must not show you that you have money. No, a funeral must not show you that you have money. One day I met a, a brother. I, I know him from when we were, I used to go to the church. If I do fundraising and I ask for a thousand dollars or thousand of their currency, which would be about a thousand dollars, he would never give. I mean, for all the years that I knew him, he never gave. Then one day I saw him in Ghana. I said, what are you doing here? He said, my mother is dead. And he said, Bishop, these places are a lot. I said, really? He said, I've used more than 13,000 already. 
and he would not, thousand, even five hundred, never. Never. I said, I'm the pastor. You see, sometimes you realize that your pastor doesn't say all the things that he has seen and that he feels. He says parts and leaves parts. Why should he say everything that he sees? He said, I spent 30,000, five beers, five days, five days, for the Quehu Mountains funeral for this type of Ashanti people. Quehu people. The funeral people. Hey! And he's, he said, you don't drink beer, but you are buying beer. And I'm asking you something you believe in. That help to preach the gospel. You will not do it. And you want to see a funeral for $13,000. Then you see that you have money. Yeah. Are you listening to me? Yeah. So what I'm saying to us is that it's time for us to wake up and say, let America be counted as an important and useful part of the church. And you'll be able to say, look, we are the financial engine of the ministry. We are the engine financially. Yes. We are the financial engine. The whole thing is standing on us. Yeah. After all, you have not been able to go. You can't go. If I send you and I show you, even I say, come to the crusade, visit the crusade. You see, that's what you cannot do it. You don't have time, you don't have time off, you don't have money, you don't have everything you cannot. But I'll tell you that as I work in the ministry, there are many people who are not seen. They are not, you don't see them, you don't know them. But their presence and their work, you feel it all the time. Many times you don't know what somebody has done before I came to preach. That that person is the one who is whose work you are benefiting from. I mean, even watching this DVD that you just watched, you don't have an idea what is involved in making it. Do you understand? But somebody you, whom you don't know, and who you, you, you don't even need to know the person, has worked to make it possible for you to watch these three minutes. So in the same way, I may be preaching somewhere, okay, but some people somewhere whom you don't see and who are not standing on the stage, make it possible to preach and to teach. They make it possible and they are the ones who you stand on to do it. And you really appreciate them. Amen. Are you listening to me? So brothers and sisters, I am here to encourage us to make ourselves useful to God. Because if you are useful to God, God will bless you and God will preserve you. And God will anoint you and God will help you. And God will take you forward and show you the good of the land. There is good here. There is good here. But you need to have a certain mind and heart and attitude. Otherwise, you will not. Now, what really controls us is money. So, one of the subjects I, I almost beginning to dislike is the subject of money. Yes. Because when I'm preaching about it, it's as if I'm preaching about somebody's idol that he has in his house. That he says, I will never leave it. It is what has brought me here. And it's what I'm, is controlling me. And it's an evil thing. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, let us have a heart for something we cannot see. I am not in America. I am not in America. 
I came here to start this church. A church that is a blessing to you. I don't live, I don't live in, and I don't need to live in America. I don't need to live in America. I don't need, I don't need anything from America. Look at my color carefully. You show you that I'm half Ghanaian and half Swiss. Yeah, I have two countries. Yeah. I'm Swiss and Ghanaian. And I have no apologies for that. I don't need anything from America. I have a country, apart from Ghana, the country where I am a national of that country. It's my, equally my country. I have half Ghanaian blood, half Swiss. Totally. Yeah. Half African, half European. And equally one leg here, one leg here. Yeah. Oh, you don't know that. I don't often say that. But I'm saying it for you to get a, understand that. I don't need to be in America. But we came here to start a church. Which is a blessing to you. I don't see you. I don't, I don't even, I don't even, come. You have, God has blessed you. You have your pastors. You have everything. The church has been set up. It's a blessing for you. So will you not, no, no, no. Will you not think about some other people? And some other people who also need Christ. Who need God. Who need pastors. Who need help. So it's selfishness that keeps us to ourselves. We never think of other people. But that there is a group somewhere. Like I asked, how many people from Minnesota? And I said, only one person. And it also reveals to me, shows me, there are more people who are not here. There are more people. They, are not, they could have also been here. More. But I've had more, far, far more people. Yeah. Yeah. Are you listening? So it's good for us to think not only of ourselves, but to think of other people who we can't see. And as long as I'm, I'm your leader and I'm your pastor, I will always be talking about these people and I will always be interested in it. Because, by the grace of God, I've eaten honey and butter. And it is not a problem for me. I'm not following after any rewards. Yeah. Or gifts. I, I don't need it. I don't need. I don't need you to give me hundred dollars. You didn't change any. I don't need your thousand dollars. You didn't change my life. Your thousand dollars wouldn't affect me. It's true. It wouldn't change my life. Thank you, but it wouldn't change my life. And I don't need. A, please, please remember me. Oh. I don't need that. Those people whom, look, I said, there's only one word that comes to, I called Archbishop Duncan Williams. I told him, I said, Bishop, it's a shame. When I drove to Senegal, I said, Lord, I've never felt shame. Abandonment of Christians have abandoned. The people have run away, have left. And we have one here from Banjo sitting here. One of the Christians have left. I felt shame. They've run away, they've left it. It's a almost 100% Islamic. Hey. And Sierra Leone is also becoming almost 100% Islamic. I'm telling you, because Christians, what is it? There is war. There is war, there is nothing. Everybody is leaving. It's just like 
Kenneth, people are coming to the city and going away. Out of the country. And the, as for the Muslims, they don't mind at all. Oh, no problem. We, are, we, we don't mind in these places. We have all these places. And they come slowly. The whole country, and then you are left with Christianity is left in the city of the, the capital. And the rest is left behind. Oh, I felt shame. I felt shame. When I drove to Senegal, I said, no, 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 no. I drove from Dakar through Gambia down to Ziginshaw. Do you see Senegal? Dakar is up there. And then the middle little thing in there is Gambia. And at the end is Ziginshaw. Then you cross into Guinea-Bissau. So that's how I come to Guinea-Bissau. I drove through there and came down. You drive down. So I drive through the whole country. And you see. So I'm saying, the Lord told me the other day, stay here, stay here. I have a lot of things for you to do here. That's why we are we're actually going to leave this area. But the Lord told me, once I was landing, stay here. I said, I told the people, we are packing. We are not going back to Ghana. Pack everything here. Find a place to land to pack in Guinea-Bissau. We are staying here. We will be here because that's where the Lord wants us to be. And that's where we are. So we are back there. We are going all the way back to Dakar again. Because he told me, I want to do what he said. And he said, I'll read the next two said, A lot of, don't be moved by anybody. Don't be moved. People don't believe in this. Don't change. Don't believe any. Just do what I'm telling you to do. And that's what I'm telling you to do. Yeah. Don't, don't follow anything. Just do what I'm saying. Amen. And so I've only come to join my hand with your hand. If you will join your hand. And it will be a blessing. And it will be a, a help to you. And God will bless you. Amen. Stand to your feet everybody. Lift up your hands and just thank the Lord.
Father, thank you for the opportunity to do your will in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Now, so I'm giving you seven keys to this hundred million souls. And the first one is to recognize the timeline. Isn't it? In that if your leader and your founder is get to 50, then based on what the Bible is saying, then <laughs> some timings have been activated. Yeah. Some countdowns are being activated. And nobody knows the countdown. But definitely there is a change in the ministry. Amen. And, and, and our efforts will never be able to do much. But we've got to keep preaching and keep teaching. Now the second key is evangelism. Pure evangelistic ministry. Evangelism must become a part and a parcel of our Christian experience. Amen. In a very real way. In America. You see, there is nothing like just be there and be low spiritually whilst you pay for somebody to be high spiritually. <laughs> I, I, let me say that again. Like, let me be low spiritually and send some money to this brother to be high spiritually. It doesn't work that way. You be low and finance me to be high. You get it. You don't pray and finance me to pray. Or you don't evangelize and pay me to evangelize. It doesn't work, has never worked, will not work. Why? Because Satan, who is the God of this world, as soon as you become a little less spiritual, will start to ask for his money. And guide you. Most of us our wealth is guided by the devil. Yeah. If, if you listen to what I'm saying, you'll be rich in America. I have a few people who have followed the things that I'm saying. I cannot give their examples, but if I could, I would. A few people. They are not in debt. They have money. They are liquid. They are moving on. I followed the advice that I gave. Yeah. A few people. Most, most have not. But a few that have who have trusted what I, what I said, have prospered. So to be, pro, to be prosperous is to not owe money. Even that's the zero line before you move to one. I have one dollar. I have one dollar. <laughs> but even if you have 
$17,000 and you owe $250,000. Brother, you are minus $200 and whatever dollars. That's actually what you are. <laughs> That's what they don't say to you. That's the truth. Amen. So if you think you are going to finance me so that I should be spiritual, whilst you stay back, you will not be spiritual. You are joking. Tell somebody, shake the person, you are joking. Yeah. You must arise and become an evangelist yourself. In my church in Accra, I teach them on Thursday night is soul to soul night. Person to person, prostitute to prostitute, wicked man to wicked man, uh, sinner to sinner evangelism. And I tell them, don't invite them to the church. Stop that foolish way of proselytizing. You are not trying to bring somebody to a church. You are trying to convert the person to Christ. And people don't know how to bring somebody to Christ. All that we know is to bring somebody to our church. Which is not the same as event. And you will never become a good Christian if you do not know how to lead somebody to Christ. So stop that nonsensical method of inviting people to churches. Just evangelize and lead them to Christ. Reach to different people and hear the different responses. Preach to them about Christ and pray with them. Pray with them. Pray with them to give their life to Jesus. Lead people to Christ. When they have been led to Christ, then you can also invite them to church. But inviting people to church has become the easy way out and therefore has led to the most shallow type of Christians that you've ever had. Recently, I was in, I was in uh, Johannesburg. I was coming to the airport. And then I heard um, some Christian music in one of the shops in the airport. So I stopped and I was there and so on. Then I, then I started to ask to interview the people. And I was with some of the Healing Jesus Crusade guys. So I said, what type of music is that? This is, are you Christian? So why, why are you Christian? I said, I, I, I proposed as a total unbeliever. And they said they were believers and so on. So I, at the point I said, look, so why are you this? So, what, so can I also be? So then I told, I told them, they're supposed to be believers. They said, okay, so help me. I want to. I want to. So what, what can I do? I want to also become, become a Christian. They couldn't lead me to Christ. So then they said, okay, so we, hold, we, we will pray. I said, okay, let's pray. So she said, we should hold hands. So we hold hands. And she just prayed. Oh God, thank you for this, for all that. Amen. I was just telling you, so, so, so that's all. Do not lead me to God. You cannot lead me to Christ. They don't know how to do it. Most of the Christians do not know how to do it. Because this invite me to church, come to my church, has replaced evangelism. That is not evangelism. I tell my people, don't invite them. Lead them to Christ. You must be able to lead somebody to Christ and pray for him to receive the Holy Spirit there and then. I've led people to Christ personally. I've led people to Christ on a plane. 
I've led people to Christ in their houses, in their rooms, and I pray for them to receive Holy Spirit. Just only me and the person. The one on one. So I want you to, there's something called Holy Spirit. The, 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 the full package is to receive Christ and to receive the Holy Spirit. If you do not evangelize and lead people to Christ, you will not understand and know, even have a feeling of what is involved, how people are far from God. Sooner or later, you will not be interested. In fact, it is because it is people who are in the ministry, who are pastoring, who give more to the church. The pastors, the, the, the highest givers in Lighthouse are pastors. Why? Because they are in the ministry too. They also believe certain things. They also know certain things. They are the biggest givers. The biggest givers in our church are not businessmen. Yeah. The biggest givers are lay pastors. In this church, the biggest givers are lay pastors. They are all pastors who preach. So, they know. What are, what are I will say? They know. So I say, Luke 638. Luke 638 is what? He knows it already. So, when I'm saying it, you understand? I give it, shall be given unto you. I'm not even convincing him. He's already convinced. So, the reason why evangelism has, one of the keys is that the church itself has to be evangelistic. You must have healing Jesus crusades and evangelistic events in America. Yes. And we must start evangelizing and winning souls in America. Right here. We must go to people, preach to them, talk to them, pray with them, pray for them, and lead them to God here. That is what is going to change us greatly. And if you are willing, and if you are obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Me, I've been in Ghana, eh, trying to obey the Lord. And I'm glad that I stayed in Ghana to obey the Lord. Amen. If you become evangelistic, look at Matthew 28. Turn to Matthew 28. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them to do, amen, whatever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. I am with you as you do what? I am with you as you go out there to all the world. So I want God to be with me. God should be with me as I'm in America. God should be with me in America. Oh God, be with me in America. God should be with you in America. It's written there. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. That's why you must aim also to become pastors. Amen. To preach the gospel and teach. And he said, teach them to observe all the things. That's why you should have all the books. And you should know all the subjects. 
And you should grow up as a Christian, not just to be receiving things. So, Lord, bless me, Lord, touch me. I hear a prophet is coming to me. They are going to receive. Today is my day. This and that. Empty head. You are an empty head. You are an empty barrel. Amen. I must be an evangelist talking to evangelists. And he says, Lo, Lo, Lo. Lo means behold and look at and see. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you always. Can we say God has been with us in this America that we've come? Huh? Can we say God has been with us? When we were taking certain decisions, was God with us? As we've been here, can we say God is with us? Can we, can we stand and say, I've been here for 10 years. God has been with me. Can you say that? This is the secret for God being with you. I will be with you. Always. Go into the world and preach. Preach the gospel. Become a preacher. So it's not about, Bishop is the great evangelist who is preaching. Hey, we are going to see what video he has brought us to, to watch. No, you must be an evangelist. You are going to be an evangelist. And if you don't become an evangelist, just giving money is not good enough. I'm not interested in just you giving your money. I'm interested in you becoming an evangelist. Also, a soul winner. A winner of souls. Yourself. You. And I want to say to the young people, if God has called you, follow the call. Don't follow bad examples. Yeah. Don't follow bad examples. Follow the call of God. Because there will always be people ahead of you whose examples you should not follow. When I was coming up in the ministry, I also had examples in front of me that I was not supposed to follow. In fact, God always gave me examples and said, don't do this. Don't do this. Amen. How many of you are feeling sleepy? I can see some people who look sleepy. Let me select. My sister, you go to the back. You Go to the back. Go to the back. Because it affects me. It even makes me shout. I don't shout when I'm preaching usually. So I'm going to select, I'm going to select all those who... Because maybe you are not spiritual enough to appreciate what I'm talking about here. Yes. So I just want to... Who else is feeling sleepy? Lift your hand. I want to... I want to lift your hand, please. Are you feeling sleepy? Was she sleeping? To the back. To the back. To the back. Hallelujah. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, listen carefully. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. God wants us. There is a great blessing. The other day, I felt the Lord, I may be wrong, but I feel that what the Lord was telling me that the thing that I'm doing most, because I do many different things, but the thing that I'm doing that pleases Him most is the crusade. Yeah. And I was a bit surprised. You know, there are different, this one pleases Him, this one bears more fruit, because what you do may be more fruitful, but it doesn't please or make the person so happy. I mean, I have different people that work for me. Some of them do things. It's really fruitful. But there are some people who make me very happy. 
Do you see the difference? Can you imagine there can be a difference? And there can be somebody very important. What the person does is very important. And then somebody else who does something small, it makes you very happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I felt the Lord was telling me that the thing that I'm doing that makes him very happy most is this evangelism. I should continue to evangelize. And that's why now I'm trying to do more, more. Even as we are going for this crusade, we don't even have where to stay. Because many of the places we are going, there is nowhere to stay. And some of you said you are coming for a crusade. I'm, I'm waiting to welcome you. I'm waiting to welcome you. There's nothing like hotel. Forget about it. <laughs> wow. wow. I'm with you. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. I am with you. Do you want God to be with you? Wow. How many have gone through life and you realize you made a mistake? Serious. Hey, Lord. Were you there when I was taking that decision? Where were you, Lord, when I was deciding this? Why didn't you jump? Why didn't you say something? Why didn't you shout? And you didn't seem to say anything, Lord. Wow. But he says, Lord, I am with you always. Now, I am not the only one who is called. Matthew 22, verse 14. What does it say? Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called. Amen. Many people are called by God. So I'm not the only one. It's a bad thing when you have just one person who is called. How can I be the only person who is called to evangelize? Huh? Do you think the world will be saved by one person being called to evangelize? No. It, it's not a good thing. It's a very bad thing. And so, thank God for the churches that we are planting. Thank God for the work that we are doing. But God wants us to become people who will evangelize as well. And I want you to become evangelists. Amen. Amen. Evangelists. Alright? Are you ready to do the evangelistic work? When you do the evangelistic work, you are going to have a certain happiness which you do not have in America as of today. Turn with me to Luke chapter 10. Verse 1. It says, After these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place. And therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great. Go your ways. Behold, I send you forth. And at the end, somewhere I think verse 17, it says, and the seventy returned again with joy. Hallelujah. With joy. 
Wow. Look, take it from me. Those who take drugs, sometimes we don't know why they continue to take it. But they have some joy <laughs> from it. Isn't it? I mean, there must be some... And they are so addicted to it that you can even be tempted to see what, what, you, what you feel. What, what is it that they feel that is so wild that they keep taking it and they have to take it and that so many people take this drug? What is it? That is how evangelism is. When you look at it from outside, okay, you cannot understand what it is. But I remember when I started with the Healing Jesus Crusade, I had some people who were doing it, and I told them that you are getting too old now. I want to bring younger people to do this work, because you cannot travel, you have wives, you have this. Every single one of them said, no, we will not go. Even the drivers, some of them are Muslims. I met with them just before they left. I told them, this time when we go, we will come in August. They are not coming to Ghana from now till August. We are doing 28 campaigns. <laughs> they were more happy. <laughs> I, was told, I was very worried. I was told, because you see, for them to go, we have to organize these buses to carry them there. And to carry them back. And each journey is long and dangerous. And expensive. So I said, you will go and you will not come. So if you can't, you do. Oh, they were so happy. They were giving testimony. So we have rather prospered since we started doing this. I was amazed. Yeah. Even the Muslims. Muslims, when I was praying, I said, okay, let us pray when I finish it. Let us pray. They look at me. They don't, they don't pray. They look at me. They don't pray. They don't pray. They are, they are Muslims. And when we go, they go and pray in the mosque. Everything. They come. They wear the healing Jesus shirt. They go to the mosque. They come out. It helps us. Yeah. They are happy. And we like it too because it has a lot of the most Islamic areas. You get it. They um, accept us better. So they see that we are, we are not against them. Are you with me? Amen. So there is some joy you will not get. You can't get that joy from marriage. Huh? Did you find it in marriage? <laughs> but why should you people have marital problems in America? I don't understand why you have <laughs> do you do you have marital do you have marital? Why? Why you have everything here? You have shops. You have clothes, you have jobs, cars, restaurants, you have everything. Televisions. Why why will you why will you why will you have any problem here? You have chewing gum? You have everything that you need here. How will you be unhappy here? Huh? 
No, I'm honestly, it's a mystery. Can you help me to understand why? We should ask the wives. <laughs> the brothers are happy. Wow. My sister over there. Stand up. You, yeah. Are you married? Are you married? Why, why are people not happy? Quickly, quickly, quickly. Paul said that when we no, not Paul. Have no, not Paul. Paul, you. Please. Our, t- our time is almost up. Our time is almost up. Bishop, I I believe it's just the cares of the world. The cares of the world? Yes, Bishop. That do what? What, what That makes us unhappy, even even though we should be happy. Why would the cares of the world make you unhappy? Like the care, like looking after children, looking after your husband, why would that make you unhappy? There is something in this country called stress. 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 What do you what do you mean by stress? What is your name? Estinam. Estinam. What stresses do you have, Estinam? Bishop, it's you have to go to work and work for Peru. And then you come home and take care of my big baby boy. And I have two children. What, what do you mean by big baby boy? What is it? You had a child before you married? No, Bishop. Uh huh. Is it a child from a previous uh, marriage? No, Bishop. What is that big baby boy? My husband. Your husband? Show the DVD one more time, the same DVD. 
big baby boy. And then, wow. Okay, sit down. She's married, but due to the big baby boy, she does not have the joy. The joy that you can have from winning souls. So if you want to really have joy, it's not a big baby boy that you need. You need to be involved in winning souls and finding the lost. Amen. Yeah. There is some joy in working for the Lord. And people who have a lot of money and have everything still are not happy. That's what I'm saying. That look at our sister. She has every, you, have, you, have, you have children. Wow. What a blessing. And you have a husband. Wow. Some of us don't have husbands. Some don't have husbands. I pray, Lord, look at me. You've you've left me. I've served you. Nobody likes me. Nobody has chosen. You see, one time a sister said something to me. She said, she was praying. She said, look, when you are not married, the, one of the main things is that it's like nobody chose me. I felt so depressed for some weeks when I heard that. It's like no one chose me to marry me. Ooh. You, you wait, you see, if you have a daughter, you'll be filled would somebody not choose my daughter? Yeah. Will nobody choose my daughter? You have it. And you are stressed. <laughs> what, what, what's, what's, um, Susie? Why you have everything in America, why are you not happy? <laughs> it's just a lot, a lot of things. A lot of things. Yeah. Work, family, yeah. church, so many things. Wow. The whole of life is some way, you see. Because <laughs> the life is made up of work, family, and church. Wow. Look, turn around. Is she beautiful? Is she beautiful? Turn around, let's see. Turn around so they can see you. Do you think she should be happy? But why would somebody like this not be happy? Look, turn this way so they can see you on this side. Why would somebody like this not be happy? She's not, is it Peruvian hair? Is it Peruvian? Or natural? Peruvian. Wow. Come with me. Why would somebody like this not be happy? 
And that is, you see, because, because you will find out what Solomon said is true. That it's all useless. How many children do you have? Four. Four! So pretty. Look at her, she's like a little somebody could have easily been at the nose of the camp. Still not happy. So that is why I say to you that you see, those who say I, I will be happy when this, when this, and when that, it's not true. I will start giving when I clear this, I clear this, and I not true. All are not true. I'll be okay when this, when this, she has it. Four children. Now, your husband, wait, your husband, sit down. Your husband, your husband, okay, is an unbeliever. And he goes out, come, he goes out in the night, isn't it? No, and, he, he and he doesn't come back, isn't it? No. And you don't know who he is with, isn't it? And then you've been to the house at 2 a.m. and you saw his car park. In a woman's house, isn't it? No, no, Bishop. No, you saw that, isn't it? No, Bishop. And then a lady came to the house with a child and said, This is your husband's child, isn't it? That's what happened. No, That's why you are not happy. No, Bishop. No, I know you, I know you are. Your husband deals in drugs. Not at all, Bishop. No. Okay, your husband has been arrested Never. for stealing. He's a thief. Never, Bishop. Wow. When your husband sleeps with you, you are afraid of getting HIV. He's coming to inject HIV. Because he's the number one womanizer of which town are you in, please? We are in uh, Alexandria. And he's the number one womanizer of Alexandria. No, Bishop. Then why, are you, why, why should she not be happy? Wow. That's why I said, if you will not be happy, you have this. There are people sitting here. As I say, nobody chose you. It applies to you. Nobody has chosen you. You are here. No one has looked at you and said, I want you to be my wife forever. Be my wife. Nobody has chosen you. But those have been chosen. Now, I know you didn't have a child, isn't it? No, I have children. You have no child? I have children. No child? I have children, Bishop. You have children? Yes, Bishop. Children? Yes, Bishop. Wow. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Ah, all girls. You had all girls. No, Bishop. No, all boys. No, Bishop. What did you have? I have two boys and two girls. What? taller than your husband. This is, this, is, this is one of your big problems. You are taller than your husband and you feel shy of your husband because you are taller than him. And you yourself are not tall, isn't it? Yes, Bishop. I'm short, but my husband is taller than me. You see, your husband is not a drug dealer. 
No, he's not a thief. No, he's not a thief. Okay, but he's in the church that he's one of the backslidden brothers who doesn't come to church often. And sometimes he comes, sometimes he doesn't come. Isn't it true? No, Bishop. He's in church all the time. All the time? Yes. Not in the disco all the time? Never, Bishop. Never? And still not happy. Wow. That's why I say, you can, you'll be telling me that, oh, <laughs> I'm sorting out things. That is how come we become barren. Because we are always waiting for something to sort out. And then we will start to serve the Lord. Or we will start even to be happy. Happiness is something that many of us are not. I'm telling you. Many of us are not happy. We are not happy. We don't have, we want a problem to be there. Like this one. You want a problem to have to be there. Because sometimes there's no problem. We have to create a problem. Because there must be a problem. There must be something to fight about. There must be something to solve. How can there not be a problem? That's why I came to teach you how to have joy. The 70 returned again with joy. They came with joy. The evangelists came with joy. Marriage will never make Susie happy. Has not and will not. And I can tell you, you know, when you are young, you have hope. When you, get, when you get older, you know the outcome of a lot of things. Recently, a couple got married. And when they came, after two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, they had some issues. When, you don't want to hold my hand again. When they came and I heard the issues, I said in my head, Oh, you are done for. You are done for. Brother, you are done for. Your marriage, I said in my head, I didn't tell them. I didn't tell them. But I said, I said, I said, your marriage will never work. Yeah, in my heart. And you will never be happy. And that you have married a beast and it's a mistake. But if you could reverse, it would have been. Good. Just immediate reverse. You are, you are back the wrong horse. You put your money on the wrong horse. It's not going to win. I know. Yeah, I wanted to say it. But I, I, I just was, ah, okay. So, pray about it, okay? Bye bye. But in my heart, I said, you are damn for brother. You are doomed. You are doomed. Because when you are older, you know how it's going to be. You know how it's going to be. Yeah. Marriage will not, even marriage to the best. She's not married to a drug dealer. She's not married to, she's gotten. What people, what people, and I don't want to expose who your husband is. Because is he a drug dealer? Is he this? Is he this? I don't want to expose him. And Emma can tell us, she, she doesn't have a husband anymore. She can tell us what it's like. When he's gone. When the problem, in quotes, is gone. Hey! Uh, big baby boy. is gone. 
What a shock about life. That is why I will advise you to direct your life and your interest. Even no matter how I counsel her and whoever else. I don't want to expose her because you may think he's a drug dealer or something like that. No matter, even in the next 15 years, you will never be happy from this issue. The decision will never change. If you like, bring a paper, let me sign. Bring, bring a paper, let me sign it for you. See, I can pre- I'll predict it for you. Yeah. It's okay, you keep your paper. Yeah. yeah. for finances. I can tell you. Ask what you are saying at home. Bishop. One or two. Never. They, they say there are 600 people here. I don't know if there are 600 people here. But if there are, everybody here, if we wanted to, could give $1,000 and Certain financial problems of the Healing Jesus campaign will vanish like this in an instant. Not all, but some. It will just go like that. Yeah, that will be powerful. But we'll sit here. and talking. No, I'm just explaining, see, as a pastor, you can, this thing never changes. That's why I said, look, let's give her the best. Give her the best husband, best this, good family, let's give her four children, ladies like black children, let's divide it to two of boys, two big girls. Let's give, some people have given birth to three girls, four boys, five boys, six boys. Oh, and the looking for a daughter to do her hair. Never daughter never came. Daughter never came. Daughter to buy dresses for. Daughter never came. Husband never came. Nothing ever came. You have it now. Still. Yeah. It is what I've seen, it's what I know. I'm telling you. Ten years from now, fifteen years, seven years. In fact, I've come to see many people only become happy when their spouses die. Yeah. As I have gone, I the certain feeling that I, I have for widows has been modified. I've seen that many are sad when their husbands are there and become normal when their husbands are not there. It's what I've seen. I've been, in, I've, been, I've been in the ministry for some time. I've been in the ministry for some time. I've seen it. Become okay, moving around. All problems of women are related to the cares about men and children. All your problems will come to a man. And to come to a children. Any problem, not finances, true husband. He said, and this was a punishment. He cursed them. So your desire for husband is actually a punishment. When he was listing the punishment, okay, you will have this 
20 buckets of manure. You will carry this. You will do this. You will do this. You will do this. When he got to the woman, he said, you, your punishment is that you will like men. And the man will rule over you. And then children too will also be a source of sorrow. These are the, only, these are the punishments he left with the women. That's why I say that I've seen many widows becoming peaceful, happy. The punishment has gone. It has ended. Wow. And the same thing goes for the money. We can negotiate and discuss. Ah, I that I cannot. I cannot. Mr. Bishop man, I cannot. <laughs> Just as she may say, I cannot be happy. I have four children, I cannot be happy. I have two boys and two girls, I cannot be happy. I have a nice husband. Master's not a drug dealer. He's not a, he's not an evil man. He's not a backslider. He's not this. He's, not, he's always where? He's always in the disco. He's always in his girlfriend's house. I've got to see him at 3 a.m. No, no, no. All answers, no, no. You see, when you are entering America, they say, have you been arrested for? No. Have you been this before? No, 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 no. All questions, no, no, no. Still. Still, they are not leaving you to go free. Wow. You know, even though I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor in Accra with the First Life Church. I'm a pastor also here in America. And then there are some people that have pastored them a bit direct, including this one. <laughs> including this one. So as I'm asking whether her husband is a drug dealer, you think I don't know the husband? I know the husband. But I'm asking it for dram- drama, for the drama of it. For you to see that, ah, you would have been sad to have seen that. And I thought, the husband is shorter than you, like this. He's like this. He's like this. shorter than you. He's shorter than you, like this. Wow. So, my friends. I'm just asking you to believe more and trust more so that you can have more joy. And take it from me. I'm, I'm, I'm also on earth. It's not like, oh, media, I'm in an interior. I don't, I don't, these are things I'm just, how would I even know what I'm saying? How would I even know what to preach if I was not on earth experiencing things? If I was an angel who have, you know, when people are preaching, they have no experience. Did they say different things? But when you are experienced, you say the person is preaching, he believes what he says, but he has some experiences. Otherwise, he cannot even give the examples that he's giving. I met a pastor once, you know, and he was not married. He was old, but not married. And but because he was old, he was a pastor of the church. So married people and all were under him. So one day, a certain married couple were having some serious marital problems. So, I asked him, what did you tell them? And he told me what he told them. I said, oh no, oh no, 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 no. Why? How can you say that? How can you say that? Because he was giving theoretical uh, advice which is not correct. So when I told him, he was so worried. 
So he went back to call them. He said, you know what I told you last time? <laughs> I'm changing it. Reversal of advice. Wow. Are you going to be happy? You have to be happy in America. You have to enjoy the good of the land. Where, where were you living before? In Ghana. Yeah, where in Ghana? In Kumase. Kumase. Wow. Not even in the capital. You were not in the capital. No, not in Accra. Wow. She was not even in the capital. And where do you live now, my baby? Where do you live? I live, I live in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Virginia? Wow. Which area of Kumasi were you staying? Uh, <laughs> um, no, I lived in Tanoso. Tanoso. She's from Tanoso. As you see here now in Virginia. God has given her Virginia from Tanoso to Virginia. And still, still, still. That is why I say, if you say you don't have, you never have. If you say you will not be happy, you will never be happy. Everything will be loaded on you more, more, more. Are you illegally in America? No, I'm not. You, you, you are, I know, I know. You are illegal, isn't it? Isn't it? Your visa has expired. No, no Bishop. So how, how are you able to stay here? Are you American? Yes. But almost. You have green card. Yes. <laughs> green card. Green card. She has green card. She has a green card. To people's dreams. My dream. Lord. Lord. Give me a green card. She has it. She has the green card. Still. She's not happy. You see how blessings are being loaded on? That's why the Bible says, if you flow, if you are willing and obedient, you eat the good. And, and he also said, go out. Your joy will be full. Working for God, take your mind off all the things. What Jesus said that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. Do you want to die before you accept that the Bible is true? Once we are here, let us live and accept that it's true. Amen. Amen. Alright. Please, let's watch this film. My dear, ah, so what can I do now to make you happy? I can say, go out and win souls. Right? And you become like this. And they return again with joy. With joy. Because, because they had green cards. Why were they filled with joy? Because they had four children. Because they have two boys. Because they went out. So when I see you sing, have you been in a choir before? A very long time ago, Bishop. A long time ago. But it's like now, you cannot go to the choir. Um, I was in the choir when the church started in Virginia. So why don't you be in the choir now? You can still move. Can you do, move to the left and the right? I can still move. Can we have some evangelism? Is that Virginia? 
Can we go to the roadside and do some evangelism or go to a school? Can she, yeah. Why don't you try that? Then you'll be surprised that it may bring some joy, which is not coming from the four children, the green card, the A1 husband. Is the husband A or B, C? What, what A1. 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 You see, from the outside, it looks A1. But she's not so happy with the A1. It's like they, they don't know him, isn't it? They don't know him. You know him properly. They, they are impressed from the outside. But you know. You are the only one who knows certain things. Do you have a job? Do you have a job? Yes, Bishop. I have a job. Are you a cleaner? <laughs> no, Bishop. You, you, you are... You are... You are, uh, 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 you, you are a janitor. No, Bishop, I'm not a janitor. Like janitor. Oh, you are, you are sanitary engineer. No, Bishop, I'm not a sanitary engineer. You are a security woman. No, Bishop, I'm not a security woman. Pizza delivery woman. No, Bishop, I'm not a pizza delivery woman. You work in the mortuary. You wash dead bodies. No, Bishop, I don't work in where, where, where do you work? I work in a hospital. Hospital? Wow. RN. What's RN? Registered nurse. I hear nurses earn a lot of money in America. Is it true? Is it true? Wow. Registered nurse. The credentials are growing. Green cards. A1 husband. Christian church, everything, still. Ideal family, still. Pastors, from Tanoso to, your evangelism is from Tanoso to Virginia. Are you ready with the DVD? Oh, life. You see what Solomon said. How many think Solomon was right? If I had to give you. How many on this room are not married? This room. You are not married. Stand up. Stand up. Are you married? Are you almost married? One, two, three. You are not married. They understand what I'm saying. They wish somebody would choose them. And you should ask them how old, how old they are. How long they've been around for. Yeah. Longing and hoping. God, 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 made, God, made her, God made her the way she is and she was chosen. Still, it's not enough. It's not enough. Oh. That is why, you see, for me, I am explaining to you the one important thing that you should give your life for. And I'm telling you that you will never love evangel or say, we want to pay Bishop to be evangelist and serious at where he is. We there, we are just having four children, three days, registered nice days, 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 days. You will never be happy. You will be here, but you will still not have joy. 
I'm telling you. It's a joy that you have by doing it yourself here. And all pastors must rise up and become evangelistic again. Stop sitting and just preaching and pastoring people. We need to evangelize and sing. We need music. We need to be young and sing. Preach. Teach the word of God. God is going to bless us greatly. Amen. God bless you, my dear. You may be seated. Let's put on the DVD and then we are going to go for breakfast. Is it a blessing? What's going on at the back? Right. Okay. Um, I want us to receive an offering. Amen. And during the next session, I want uh, no chewing gum, please. Most of you are chewing gum. I don't like preaching to people who are chewing gum. So don't bring chewing gum here. And um, we'll give you the time when you have a break. Amen. Alright? And then no sleeping. Okay? So, during the next session, all the those are given. Everybody who is here should be in the room. And when we are showing a video, it's not a time to go out or to talk. Because it even distracts people. One time I was in a fil- watching a film, um, The Passion. And um, there was a... We were talking... I was, there was a Nigerian brother who was with us and he was talking. And somebody around told us to keep quiet, told him to keep quiet. And he asked the person, why do you speak Aramaic? Because the film is in Aramaic. <laughs> do you understand that? Do you understand what is happening? <laughs> the film was in Aramaic, so the subtitles, so we were talking. So, but the talking was disturbing the people. So they asked him, please, can you be quiet? And they asked him, well, do you speak Aramaic? It's Aramaic they are speaking. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Alright. We are going to receive an offering. Amen. Do you have money? I don't have money. The money is finished. We have 200 what? We are sure you have money? Yeah. But I, I believe that everybody here can give at least $1,000. If I can get 600, you will solve a big problem. Would that be wonderful? Take out your offering and let, let me pray for it. Aida? Everybody, $20. Each offering, try to give $20 at least. It'll be a blessing. Fast, one lunch. Say, I'm giving some lunch and I will not eat. I'm giving this, I will not have this. It, it can work. You see, what we don't realize is that when you give something, it makes it work. You have to sacrifice. Something has to pay for something. You can't have everything. 
Something has to pay for something. Amen. How many of you are going to continue preaching and start preaching at least if you, have not, if you are not continuing? Start preaching, teaching. Please, the going out and the moving. Let's count the people. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Are you all officials? What are you? And there are people outside too. And you are coming to take offerings. Okay. And I see some people going out, coming in. What, what is going on? It's not a good thing. There's a lot of movement, people doing things, you know. I don't like that at all. So please, after this session, all those things. The pastors who are in charge, try to take control of the program, okay? It's all part of the, it's chaotic, all right? So that we can have a, concentrate on what we are doing. The camp is ending today. That's it. When we finish by the evening and then it's over. So it's about 10 o'clock now. And then that's it, 12 o'clock, then the afternoon, then we close. So, you know, the few minutes we are here, let's try to give it our best shot. Okay? Try not to sleep. Try to drink coffee, whatever it is. There will be wee-wee break to wee-wee. Till then, hold on to it. You can wait when we break and you'll be blessed. Amen? Let, lift up your offering let us pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity in the name of Jesus. Bless everyone that gives in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Ashes, you may receive it. My friend came to me the other day As we walked along the way she said, I've got something to say, and she told me about the Savior. He came, he died to set us free from a life of sin and shame. I gave my life to him that day, that's the reason I can tell you. Tell you to keep preaching, keep teaching. Tell me all about the Savior's love for all. Well, that's what friends are for. Keep praying, keep giving.